Are you determined to start a garden this year? What better way could there be to take charge of your food security? Today on Homegrown, your backyard garden podcast, we're discussing the benefits of gardening in raised garden beds. We'll also take a look at some of the disadvantages. Let's dig in. Welcome to Homegrown, your backyard garden podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Rogers, and together we'll explore growing a successful vegetable garden no matter where you live. You can get my free printable set of plans and materials so that you can build your own raised garden beds. You'll find the link in the show notes. There are many ways to grow plants including just sticking the seeds in the ground and letting them grow, right? The traditional garden. You can also garden in pots and containers and in raised beds. Back when we lived in Michigan many years ago, I had a small, traditional, in-the-ground garden in the back corner of our one-acre lot. That black soil was fertile and everything I planted grew like crazy. I hardly even had to water because we had plentiful rainfall. And then we moved to Oklahoma. Our soil here is extremely poor. I think our topsoil all blew away in the dust bowl and we still don't have any. In some places it's clay. In others, it's silica sand that doesn't hold water or nutrients at all. I struggled for several years with an in-the-ground garden. I actually stopped gardening for a few years. It was just too much work without very much return. But eventually I wanted homegrown tomatoes again, so I tried container gardening. Container gardening actually worked quite well for me, but there aren't enough containers in the world to hold all the plants I want to grow. So I decided to try raised garden beds, which really are just bottomless containers set directly on the ground. I built those first two raised beds by myself, with reclaimed lumber from an old chicken run we had replaced. It was only the second time in my life I had ever used power tools, and I still have all my fingers. I want to mention here that while most raised garden beds are set on top of the ground like mine, there are others that are built on legs and have a bottom to hold the soil. These raised bed tables are very convenient and easy to maintain for older gardeners or those with mobility issues. But that's not the kind I'm talking about today. My raised beds are the kind that are set on the ground. So these raised beds, like I said, are just like bottomless containers, and mine are filled with good soil and lots and lots of compost that I made from grass clippings and horse manure, all the fall leaves I could rake up, and so on. So the soil in my beds is much better than that clay I had been trying to grow in. This is one of the biggest benefits of growing in raised beds, being able to improve the soil. You can customize a raised bed with whatever kind of soil you want. Some plants prefer acidic soil, so you can amend the soil to their liking. Other plants need really loose soil, like carrots and other root vegetables, so you can add some sand if it's needed. If your soil is clay and very, very dense, you can add more organic material and loosen it up. 
If it's sandy, you can add more organic material and help with water retention. The soil in raised beds is faster draining than in an in-the-ground garden because it's higher than ground level. Gravity does its thing, so water drains well. Most plants don't like to sit in soggy soil, or, in the worst-case scenario, in a pool of water that sits on top of the ground for a while when the snow melts or after you have a good long spring rainstorm. I have a spot in my garden where the ground is low and water sits after a big rain. I can't walk through it without getting my feet wet, but my plants are high enough that they are happy. Raised beds also warm up faster in the spring, so you can plant in them earlier. Again, because the water drains more quickly. So the soil isn't as wet and heavy and cold as the regular ground, and the soil warms up sooner for the same reason. And you don't need to till a raised garden bed. Less work for you. Because you don't walk on your raised beds, the soil isn't compacted by being walked or stepped on. Compacted soil is the main reason people till gardens, by the way, but it isn't necessary anymore. A raised bed should only be as wide as you can reach into the middle, so there's no need to walk on the soil. Which also means you can plant in the entire bed without having to leave space between rows. Another benefit, more plants in less space. And when you water your garden, the water is targeted on the plants that are growing closer together. If you use an overhead sprinkler in a row garden, the water is spread over the entire area. But with raised beds, you can water the plants, not the ground between the rows. And not the weeds that grow between the rows either. You save water as well as watering more effectively. Any weeds that do grow in a raised bed are usually easier to remove because the soil is loose and the roots are shallow. Hmm. Are there any disadvantages to using raised garden beds? Well, yes, there are a few. The most notable one is that building raised beds can be expensive, especially now with lumber being more expensive than it used to be. However, you only have to build a raised bed once. It will continue to grow food for you for years with no extra cost in the future. But you also don't have to use lumber. It's just the most common material. There's no law that says you have to build your garden beds with wood. You can use any material that will keep the soil in place. Other popular materials are corrugated metal sheets, big rocks or stones, concrete blocks or cinder blocks, and even tree trunks that are cut to length. Use what you have and save money. As long as what you build will hold the soil in place, you're good. So think outside the box and use what you have laying around or have cheap access to. There is, however, a controversy about whether or not you should use pressure-treated lumber to build a raised bed garden. Some gardeners don't want to use pressure-treated lumber for their garden beds. The treated wood will definitely last longer than untreated pine, for sure, but they fear that the chemicals used to treat the lumber will leach into the soil that their food plants are growing in. Other gardeners say that the process of pressure-treating lumber has changed and arsenic is no longer used. The manufacturers say that the wood is safe to use in a food gardening application. Regular, untreated wood will decompose over time, but it will probably last much longer than you expect. 
The beds that I have built with reclaimed lumber did have to be replaced after several years, but honestly, it had already been out out in the weather for several years before I repurposed it in the garden. So that choice is up to you. You can use whatever makes you comfortable. Another controversy is about using tires as raised beds for the same reason. Fear that chemicals will leach out of the tires and into the soil where food plants are grown. But again, that choice is yours. Your garden, your rules. Another disadvantage of using raised beds instead of traditional in-the-ground garden is space. While the raised beds save space inside the bed, they are spaced farther apart from each other. If you have grass growing between the beds themselves, that grass has to be maintained and mowed. The mowing isn't that bad, but then I also have to trim and weed eat the tall grass that grows along the edge of the beds where the lawnmower can't reach. I suppose it depends on how much you hate weed eating. If you don't maintain that grass along the edges, your garden can look awfully untidy. Then there is the cost of filling those raised beds with good soil, and yes, that too can be costly. One way to keep this down is to build and fill a couple of beds each year to spread the cost over time. If you have access to a town that composts yard waste and then sells or gives that compost to its residents, you can take advantage of that program. That compost probably isn't organic, however, since many folks treat their lawns for weeds and insects. Another way to lessen the amount of soil you need is to add fallen branches, logs, and so on before you add the soil. Not only does this take up some of the space you need to fill, but all that wood will absorb moisture from the ground and keep the soil from drying out so quickly. Your plants will love it. The logs also attract worms and other beneficial life forms and add nutrients to the soil as they decay. Over time, the level of the soil will drop for this reason. But you need to add some soil or compost to your raised beds in the fall anyway, because soil does settle over the growing season. Whether you choose to use raised garden beds or to plant directly in the ground, or even if you're using containers, there are a few considerations you'll need to take into account. Remember to locate your garden in a sunny area and close to a water source. Putting it in a location that you walk past every day is an excellent way to keep an eye on your plants. If you have critters, such as free-ranging chickens, or deer or other wildlife, you might need to enclose your garden with a fence. We had to fence ours to keep our dogs out. Our young dog likes to pick ripe tomatoes right off the plants. Also, I placed my raised beds far enough apart so we could run the lawnmower in between them. I allowed plenty of room between the beds and the garden fence, too, and around the corners so that we can turn the mower without trouble. Even if you don't have grass growing between your raised beds, space them far enough apart that you can push a wheelbarrow around. You'll thank me for that tip. Also, while 4 foot by 8 foot beds are the most common size, you aren't tied to that size. I am finding it much easier these days to reach the middle of my planting beds if they are 3 feet wide instead of 4 feet. The narrower beds are much easier and more comfortable for me to plant, pull weeds, and maintain my garden. So, 
let's recap the pros and cons of gardening in raised garden beds. First, the disadvantages. There's the cost to build the beds themselves and the cost to fill them with soil. Raised beds do take up space, perhaps even more space than a traditional garden, and then there's mowing between the beds. But I think these disadvantages are outweighed by the benefits of having a raised bed garden. You can customize the soil, which will give you a bigger and better harvest. Raised beds are faster draining, and they warm up faster in the spring, so you can plant earlier. There is no need to till the soil because the soil doesn't get compacted. You can plant more intensively, and you'll water more effectively, and weeds are easier to pull. But again, your garden means your rules. You can plant however you wish, whether it's in the ground, in containers, in raised garden beds, or a combination of them all. Just do it. Plant your garden and get started. I've put together some printable plans, plus a materials list, so you can build your own raised garden beds. You'll find the link in the show notes. And in the meantime, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss a single episode. Share it with your friends, too. Leaving a review would be awesome. As always, you'll find the link to the transcript of this episode in the show notes. I'd love to keep in touch with you. You'll find me on my blog, oakhillhomestead.com, on Facebook at Oak Hill Homestead, and on Instagram at Oak Hill Homestead. I'll put those links in the show notes for you too. Thank you for tuning in today, and I'll see you here next time on Homegrown, your backyard garden podcast.